Georgia. Georgia. God is good all the time. We are part of a large church family around the world. We do not exist by ourselves. In fact, we would not be here if it were just ourselves. Just like we believe every uh, individual should be a part of a church for accountability, for training, for inspiration. Uh, we are part of a larger church family for that very same thing, which is called the Free Methodist Church, which we are grateful to the Lord God for. So let somebody give the Lord a hand praise. I want us to look at the word of the Lord this afternoon, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to give unto the Lord, and then we're going to have free lunch for everybody in the revival tent. Anybody hungry spiritually? If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 17 through 22. Mark chapter 10 verse 17 through 22. As you turn there, I want you to know that we do have deaf discipleship on Sundays uh, at about 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and the Lord is doing a special thing amongst our deaf family. And if you do not have a Bible study, I encourage you to come and be a part of what God is doing. Now let's look at the Word of God. Mark chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. And you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And all the parents said, amen. amen. Y'all almost missed a good point to say amen. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him. I love that about Jesus. When it says he looked at him, it implies more than just a casual look. I really believe Jesus gave him a spiritual x-ray on his soul. And he was, Jesus saw that even though he may have looked good on the inside, something was messed up on, uh, even though he looked good on the outside, something was messed up on the inside. How many of you know you can look good on the outside and still be messed up on the inside? How many of you know that we are professional at times at, at, at faking it until we make it? But I thank God. That he knows us, yet loves us. He looked at him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Notice that phrase, take up 
the cross and follow me. Last verse, verse 22. And he jumped up and down, praising God that Jesus called him. And he started doing backflips that the Lord God thought about him. Come on, somebody. You got to read your Bible. You better test what I'm talking about. Listen to what it says. Verse 22. But he was sad at his word, this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. By the way, the, the gospel account of this guy was that he was a young adult. He had lots of money. He was a leader. He had influence. And yet he responds to Jesus by walking away sad. You ain't supposed to walk away from Jesus sad. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus glad. You're supposed to walk away from Jesus filled with the Holy Ghost. But something happened to this young adult. This young adult who had money and influence and possession. He responded in such a way that he put his head down. And he said, no, I can't do that, Jesus. In verse 21, Jesus tells this young ruler, he says, take up your cross or the cross and follow me. Take up your cross. I, I want us this afternoon to examine that statement because no doubt it was that statement that offended this young adult. It was this statement, take up the cross that totally shocked him. It, it literally blew him up. Now think about it for a moment. That this young adult probably could have been maybe another apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it for a second. This young adult probably could have witnessed miracles and miracles like the other apostles. Think about it for a second. This, this, this young adult probably could have been used by Jesus to change the whole known world. But instead, he denies Jesus. He walks away from Jesus. He stands Jesus up. And not only does he walk away from Jesus, but in Jesus, he walks away from his calling. He walks away from his purpose. He walks away from his divine assignment. And I suggest that in part, it's because of this statement that Jesus said, take up your cross. Now, this is not the only place where Jesus gives this prophetic statement about the cross before he dies. It's not the only place. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, uh, Jesus looked around and he told the people, he said, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Not the only place. He, he said this a couple times where he turns around and he challenges people. He challenges those that are inspired by him because we're all inspired by God. He says, take up your cross. So what does it mean? What does it mean for us to take up 
the cross. Now, sinners don't understand the cross because if they did, they'll run to the cross. Believers don't apply the truth of the cross to their life because if they did, they would live differently. Are you following along? Are you following along? Sinners don't understand the cross because if they did, they would run to the cross. Believers don't apply the truth of the cross to their life because if they did, they would live differently. So I want us to think this afternoon. I want us to think this afternoon about what does it mean to pick up our cross? What does it mean to pick up our cross? Are you following along? Now, the first thing that we need to understand is that the cross is a historical event and, and also a powerful truth to walk in. The cross is a historical event and a powerful truth to walk in. It's a historical event um, because it speaks of all that Jesus suffered uh, in his crucifixion. So I need to remind us that the Roman Empire chose crucifixion as a capital punishment for criminals, and it was the most excruciating and humiliating uh, type of torture and death. And the Roman Empire, they would torture you, and they would humiliate you, and they would hang you up on the cross high in the sky so that everybody could see your pain and everybody could see your humiliation. Are you following along? So Jesus, um, Jesus voluntarily suffered uh, this excruciating and humiliating death for you and I. That, that, is the, that is the historical event of the cross, and it's so humongous that it split history in two. You may not realize it, but every time you write the date 2022, you are referring to the death of Jesus Christ. B.C. and A.D. This historical event is so big that I would dare say most of you on Good Friday get off work early, even today. Y'all didn't catch that. You'll, you'll catch it later. We should never get tired about hearing about the cross of Jesus Christ. We should never get tired about preaching about the cross of Jesus Christ. We should never get tired about singing about the cross of Jesus Christ. We should never get tired about teaching about the cross of Jesus Christ because we are people of the cross. We are people of the cross. So the cross is a historical event, but it's also a powerful truth to walk in. The cross is the power is a powerful truth to walk in. So when 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 you hear the term the cross, when you hear the term the cross, it, it, it contains all that Jesus suffered and accomplished uh, to set us free. When you hear that term, when you hear people talking about the cross, that term contains all that Jesus uh, uh, suffered and all that he accomplished to set you and I free from the kingdom of darkness. And, and it's, the, it's the truth of the cross. Um, it is the truth of the cross uh, that, that the cross is what we call the place of divine accomplishment. The cross is the place of divine accomplishment. It was at the cross where Jesus accomplished all we need for life and godliness and to secure our eternal salvation. 
So it is the place of divine accomplishment. It is a powerful truth that we are to walk in. It is not just a historical event. It is a powerful truth. Now, what does it mean to pick up our cross? What does it mean to pick up our cross? To understand a, a, a little bit about what it means to pick up our cross, we need, we, we need to understand uh, a, a little bit about history. We need to understand a little bit about Jesus' revelation of the cross. And we got to understand a little bit about the broader revelation of the Bible as it relates to uh, the cross. So let me, let me give us just a couple things to think about as it relates to what it means to pick up the cross. Are you ready? To pick up the cross is to allow the truth of the cross to change us. To pick up the cross is to allow the truth of the cross to change us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. I want you to notice what he says. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, not just believe in me, not, not whoever wants to believe in me. It's my personal opinion that God is not looking for believers. He's looking for followers. He's looking for disciples. In fact, I would dare say there are way too many believers in America today. We need more kingdom disciples that will pick up their cross. So he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. What is he talking about? Well, he's not necessarily talking about me picking up a wooden cross and carrying it on my shoulder to work every day. He's not necessarily talking about that. He's not, he's not talking about me buying a necklace and putting an emblem of a cross around my neck. No, that's not what he's talking about. What he is teaching us is that we are to apply the truth of the cross to our daily lives. We are to apply the truth of the cross to our daily lives. We are to allow the truth of the cross to transform us. We are, to, we, are, we are to live in the truth of the cross. We are to apply the truth of the cross to every decision we make. We are to apply the truth of the cross to every relationship we enter in, to every business transaction we enter in. We are to allow the truth of the cross to change us and mold us and shape us and, and prepare us. Are you following along? The truth of the cross should affect everything about us. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, he said, for, this, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Notice he says, the message of the cross or the truth of the cross is the power of God. God. It is the power of God. So as we submit to the truth of the cross, we experience the transforming power of God. As we submit to the truth of the cross, we experience the restorative power of God. Are you broken? Are you shattered? Are you hurt today? Well, as you submit to the truth of the cross, the power of the Holy Spirit begins to put you back together again. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? 
That's why the Apostle James said in James 1, 20, 22, that we are to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So to pick up the cross is to allow the truth of the cross to change us. But then lastly, lastly, to pick up the cross is to die to the world. It's to die to the world. Now, I want to be very clear with what I'm trying to get across. I am not referring to physical death. So I want to be very clear when I say we are to die to the world. I'm not referring to physical death. I'm referring to a separation from the world that followers of Jesus must experience as you serve the Lord, as you follow Jesus. Are you, are you picking up what I'm putting down? So Paul, he gives us more clarity on this, uh, on this subject in Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. He says... May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Notice what he said. He said, I've been crucified. I've been crucified. The world has been crucified to me. Now remember... The word world in this context does not refer to the physical world, but it's talking about the godless ways of the world, the pleasures of the world, the systems of the world. Some may say the domains of the world. And it's interesting that the Bible has major, major statements against the world, major indictments against the world, for example. In James chapter 4, verse 14, the apostle said, If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. You want to be a friend of the world? You want to go the way of the world? You want to hang out with the world? Are you comfortable with the world? He said, okay, just remember, you want to make yourself a friend of the world, then you make yourself an enemy of God. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 12 that he called Satan the prince of the world. And we've learned, we've learned that the world is the agent of the kingdom of darkness. And, and the aim of the kingdom of darkness through the world is to distract you and divert you from fulfilling God's plan for your life. Some of y'all didn't catch that. That's the revelation right there. That the world, the ways of the world, the systems of the world are agents for the, for the kingdom of darkness. And the aim of the kingdom of darkness through the world is to distract you and to divert you so you spend your life doing everything but the will of God. And it doesn't necessarily mean drug addiction. It doesn't necessarily mean, uh, 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 you know, overt sins. It could be chasing after retirement. Hello, somebody. It could be chasing after retirement. If when you stand before God, all you have to show for is a 401k, something is wrong. 
When you stand before God, all you got to show for is a house in this earth. It ain't going to be a good day for you. So what does it mean when he says the world has been crucified to me? Well, it means the ways of the world are dead to me. The world has no more claim on me. I'm not going with the flow of the world anymore. I, I'm not liking what everyone likes anymore. The world is dead to me. And Apostle Paul, he doubled down on this revelation in Galatians 2 verse 20. Listen to what he says. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Now notice, because I'm going to show you something. I'm going to teach you something. Notice the connection between our death and Christ's life in us. Notice, he says, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In other words, the life of Christ will only break out in your life to the extent you live a crucified life with Christ. Did you catch that this afternoon? The life of Christ. The power of Christ, the, the, the divine nature of Christ, the transformation of Christ will only break out into your life to the extent you live a crucified lifestyle. So, so when he says, I've been crucified with Christ, he's saying, he's saying I, I've given up my, the rights of my life so that Jesus can break through in me giving up the rights of my life. That's hard for Americans. That's hard to do. We don't want to give up nothing. But if you want the life of Christ to break out in you, not religion, but the life of Christ, the power of Christ, you got to die to this world. And many believers, let's talk like family, many believers don't experience Jesus' life because they're too busy building their own life. They're too busy chasing their own life. That's what that rich young ruler was doing. He was building his life, man's life. And when the Lord came around and said, listen, I got a better life for you, but you're going to have to give all that up. He said, no, I can't take that. To live crucified with Christ is to decide that God's will supersedes my will. To live a crucified life with Christ is to decide that God's choices supersede my choices. Jesus wants A, I want B. When I die to B and choose A, I have been crucified with Christ and thus allow the power of God to break through in my life. And Paul, he doesn't let up with this revelation because this is hard. This is what causes people to walk away from Jesus. This, you, you don't build large churches with this type of message. Hello, somebody. I hope you come back. <laughs> but Romans chapter 6, verse 6, Paul says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him. He said, we, are, we know our old self was crucified with him. You, you remember that old self, right? You remember? You remember that old self? You don't need me to remind you. You know that 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 for some of y'all that liar, may, maybe that 
that insecure person, maybe, maybe that fornicator. There's probably some fornicators around here somewhere. Um, maybe that angry person. Maybe that manipulator. Maybe that jealous. You, you remember, right? See, the moment we surrender to Jesus Christ, a crucifixion happened. The moment we surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, a crucifixion happened. And guess what? Crucifixion hurts. It signifies death. We, we die to the ways of the world so that Jesus can live through us. And, and this happens spiritually at the moment of salvation, but it must be lived out experientially every single day. It happens in a moment. When you surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, but it must be lived out every single day. This, why, this is why Apostle Paul teaches elsewhere. He said, I die daily. He said, I die daily. Every time that old self tries to pop up out of that grave, he literally says, I put my foot on that guy's neck. And I say, not today, old self. Every time that old sister tries to pop up out of that grave, uh, she, he slams the door on her face. Paul said, I die daily. Some of us need to die hourly. Minutely. Hello, somebody. This, this is how the cross is applied to our life. This is one of the reasons why that young man walked away from Jesus. This is what it means to pick up your cross. And, and people don't pick up their cross. You know why? Because the cross produces tension in our lives. They don't pick up the cross. Lots of believers don't pick up the cross because it produces tension in their life. You, 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 should, you shouldn't feel right doing what you used to do before you were saved. There ought to be a feeling inside of you. You shouldn't feel right dressing the way you used to dress before you were saved. You shouldn't feel right going to them old places. If you're saved, you shouldn't feel right listening to the same music that you used to listen to. There ought to be some tension in your spirit. That's the tension of the cross. I remember, I remember a sister in our church. She was very transparent, and she was sharing openly how she started a backslide, and she went to a local bar, and she was sitting in the bar, and um, all of a sudden, uh, one of the Christian brothers from the church uh, walked into the bar. And uh, it's not good, you know, Chapel Change is a big church. So if you backslide, don't backslide locally. You got to, <laughs> no, don't backslide at all. Don't backslide at all. But you just, we're, we're in four different cities. So there's going to be somebody who pop up. And, and uh, they shouldn't have been backsliding anyways. That brother was tripping. But the brother walked into the bar. He should not have been there. Just clarify. He was backsliding too. And... How many know the Holy Spirit will tell on you? And they met eyes. Like they just turned and just out of nowhere, like turned. And they had eye contact like Peter and Jesus. Remember when Peter was covering, was making himself warm with the fire and Jesus happened to walk by and all of a sudden, bing. And she said, all of, she knew. And the moment she made eye contact, she knew that she was not supposed to be there. 
She knew, see, that, that's the tension of the cross. See, she didn't need a pastor. She didn't need me behind her saying, hey, you tripping. You ain't supposed to be here. No. If you saved, there's supposed to be something going on right here when you do wrong. There ought to be some type of feeling. That's the tension of the cross. The, the good thing is, even though, even though living out Christianity hurts because crucifixion hurts, and you need to know that. Like, if you just got saved, you need to know. Living out Christianity hurts. You know why? Crucifixion hurts. Yes, God is going to bless you through everything, but you're going to feel some type of way if you do it right. The good news is tension produces transformation. The tension produces transformation. If you embrace the tension of the cross and you obey the leading of the Holy Spirit and you don't run from what God is doing, but you press forward into what God is doing, it's going to mold you. It's going to shape you. It's going to transform you and empower you. See, if you're not feeling the tension of the cross, you're, you're not being transformed. If your Christianity has no tension in it, you're not being transformed. If there's no tension in your Christianity, you're not doing it right. I'm sorry, you are not doing it right. And I could even take you deeper that the cross is offensive to the world. The cross is offensive to the world. The world responds to, to the ways of the kingdom. They say, uh, are you saying that once I surrender to Jesus, uh, I shouldn't be getting high uh, anymore? How dare you say that? The world is offended by the cross. They say, are you saying that once I get saved, I ought to move out of my girlfriend's house? How am I going to do that? How dare you say that? It's offensive to the, to the world. That's why my brothers and sisters, my prayer, my prayer that if we're going to be all in, if we're going to be all in this year for Jesus, his kingdom, and his church, my prayer is that you have courage enough not just to be a believer, not just to be a believer, but God wants you to pick up your cross and follow him. That's my prayer for you is you have the courage, you have the strength. To pick up your cross and allow the, the power of the cross to transform your life. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, while everybody remains seated just for a moment, I want us to reflect upon the word of the Lord. This is a, a special service, so we went a little longer, but the word of the Lord was preached, and I want us to just... Reflect upon the word of the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a couple moments, what was God trying to get across to you? What was God trying to get across to you? With every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe there's someone here today that 
through the teaching of God's word, you understand now what it means to pick up the cross. Maybe you're here today and through the teaching of God's word, you say, you know what? I haven't been picking up the cross, but now I understand what it means. And maybe you're here today, maybe there's one person today that will make a commitment to pick up the cross. That you're going to move from just believing in Jesus, but you're going to start following Jesus. You're going to pick up your cross. I want you to think about if that's you, because in a moment, like that rich young ruler, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about, is that you? Does, do you need to pick up your cross? there's anybody in the house today who wants to make a decision to pick up your cross and follow Jesus I want to pray with you right where you're at and I'm gonna ask that you just respond by standing up wherever you're at just stand up if you want to pick up your cross if you say you know what I understand what it means now I haven't been picking up my cross but I'm gonna make a decision to pick up my cross today Stand up on your feet. I see you in the balcony. I see you in the sanctuary, the lower floor. We're going to wait a couple moments in case there's anyone else who wants to make a decision to pick up their cross. Anyone else? You want to say, hey, I want to pick up my cross today. I'm going to make a decision pick up my cross and follow Jesus hallelujah for those of you who stood up I want to ask that you say this prayer with me from your heart and then I'm going to pray for you wherever you're at right where you're at I'm going to pray for you if you stood up say this prayer with me from your heart Lord God I am sorry I haven't been picking up my cross, but today I make a decision. I'm committed to pick up my cross. I'm committed to embrace the tension of the cross, to allow the cross to transform me. Today, Lord, I make a decision to follow you with all my heart, with all my soul, help me, Jesus, to pick up my cross. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who stood up. Lord, you gave them revelation today. I pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, that this is a shift in their life. I pray, Father God, that they walk away today with a newfound passion for you, Lord God. Passion for you, passion to follow you. Help them, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. The Lord woke me up this morning and 
He put it upon my heart to pray for people that are hurting, that are hurting. If you're here today and you're going through a particular hard trial and you're hurting in your spirit, you're hurting in your mind, I want to pray with you or for you right where you're at. If there's anybody here who's hurting, just stand to your feet and I'm going to pray for you right where you're at. Any hurting people that need a fresh touch of the power of God, I want to pray with, for you right where you're at. God wants to encourage you to don't give up. He wants to encourage you to don't give in. He wants to encourage you to keep coming to the house of the Lord. Your power is in the house of the Lord. Your, your, your transformation is in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands unto the Lord as a sign of surrender. And let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody who stood up, Lord God. You know, Father God, what they're going through. You know their pain, Father God. Lord, you know their frustration. You know their hurt, Father God, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray a fresh strength in their spirit. I pray fresh healing in their spirit, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I pray that you strengthen them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you help them, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you heal them, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Heal them, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Sister, come, sister, Irene, sister, come right here, come right here, come right here. Just want to just want to feel led by the Holy Spirit just to double confirm. Just to double and triple confirm. You strayed away from the Lord, but God is saying you came back to the right place. You came back to the right place. And listen, God is beginning to heal whatever hurt took place. Whatever hurt took place, this is God's operating room. You are to continue to open up your heart to the things of God. Come to prayer. Come to worship. If you run out of words to say, just sit in the presence of the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to continue to mend you and to shape you and to mold you. And when you hear the voices of the world trying to pull you out, you got to shut them down. You got to shut that window. There are windows. There are windows opened up in your life that you have opened up. That, that you have allowed things of the world to speak into you. Insecurities, hurts, and failures. And, and God is telling you, you're going to have to, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to close those windows. You're going to have to close those windows. You're going to have to close. And the Lord may identify them to you in the process of time. And when you identify that window, I'm closing that window in the name of Jesus. If it's the window of insecurity, if it's the window of fear, if it's the window of intimidation, I'm closing that window in the name of Jesus. I'm closing that window in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands unto the Lord, and I'm just going to pray an extra prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray uh, for your daughter. She is a daughter of the Most High God in the name of Jesus. She is, Father God, blessed by the Lord. She she is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, Lord. And Father, Lord, we pray for deeper uh, levels of healing in her life, Father God. We pray for deeper levels of restoration, wholeness in her life in the name of Jesus. What the devil tried to do, the, uh, the Lord is turning around and breaking those things in the name of Jesus. And we just stand with her, Lord God, closing those windows, closing those windows in the name of Jesus, Lord. Touch her and her kids, Father God. Touch her and her kids. 
kids, Father God. Fill her with your Holy Spirit, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Fill her with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone shouts, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. You may be seated. God is good all the time. If you made a decision to follow Christ today and you do not have a church home, I encourage you to come back and serve the Lord with us. If you made a decision to pick up your cross and you do have a church home, I encourage you to go back to that church and serve the Lord with all your heart. But wherever you're at in your walk with God, you got to plug into the things of God. Someone shout amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand praise. We are going to uh, transition to worship the Lord through our tithes and our offerings today. We're going to give an opportunity to give back to the Lord. And then we're going to dismiss with a blessing. And we're all going to go under the revival tent. And we're going to eat in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone shout amen. Uh, I want to uh, call up the ushers uh, to prepare uh, as we prepare to give our best gift unto the Lord. If you're part of Chapel of Change, always remember that we give out of gratitude. We give out of gratefulness unto the Lord. We do not give out of obligation. We do not give because we have to. We give because we get to. Someone shout amen. Someone say, I get to give. Someone shout, I get to give. That's right. It is a privilege to give unto the kingdom of God. And there's no better investment that we can make than into the kingdom of God. I was, I was thinking this morning about giving in relation to the Lord. And the Lord reminded me that the Lord, like many of us, uh, doesn't like one-sided relationships. Anybody ever had a one-sided relationship? Like the individual only called you up when he wanted something? Or she called you up only when she had a problem? And I was thinking about that this morning, how God is similar. He don't like one-sided relationships where all we do, we call upon him when, only when we're in trouble. We call upon him only when we need something. No, no, no. There ought to be an exchange, a, a fellowship between you and God. And so I want to encourage you this week, let there be some times in your devotion where you don't ask anything from God. Where you just say, Lord, I'm here. I'm not going to ask you for nothing. I'm just here to tell you how good you are. I'm here to tell you how powerful you are, how good you've been to me. Listen, that will transform your devotional life. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Let's give back unto the Lord. Now, as you prepare to give unto the Lord, there's several ways you can give. Uh, you can give through an envelope. There's envelopes in the back of your seat, uh, and then you can put it in the offering basket. If you want to give through a debit card after service in the lobby, uh, we have a table there where someone will help you give through a debit card. If you're watching online, you want to give on our webpage, chapelofchange.org. If you're watching online, if you've been blessed by this ministry, or if you've just been blessed by God, we want you to know that Chapel of Change is good ground to invest in. We are seeing people saved. We're seeing people delivered. We're seeing people restored. The Lord is doing something special at Chapel of Change, so you can give from your home, whether on 
on our webpage, or there's a way to give through your phone. Go to uh, our webpage and you uh, text chapel to the number on our webpage and you can give uh, that way. Couple announcements uh, before I pray over the offering. We have prayer and worship. Two opportunities for prayer and worship this week. Uh, Wednesday night in the city of Carson, we have prayer and worship at 715. Anybody from our Carson campus in the house? All right, you somewhere over there. Praise the Lord. So you, if you live in that way, you can go to our Carson campus. Or Thursday nights here in the sanctuary, we have prayer and worship this week. Uh, we also have teen ministry on both those nights and children's ministry so bring your whole family listen you know god loves you when he gives you options right gives you options wednesday and thursday come uh, to the house of the lord and let's worship the lord don't forget we do have a service on saturday in the city of whittier anybody from our whittier campus in the house this afternoon all right saturday nights we have uh, service. So if you ain't doing nothing Saturday night or you're tempted to do something wrong, go to Whittier. Not Whittier Boulevard. Hello, somebody. But Chapel of Change, Whittier. Y'all get that later. Y'all get that later. And then I also want to remind you that we have services in Long Beach. We have services in Carson. And we just launched a 7 p.m. Sunday Zoom uh, worship. So if you can't make it to the house of the Lord, we have Zoom at 7 p.m. Get that information from our website was anybody blessed today all right we're gonna pray over the offering we're gonna give unto the lord and then i'm gonna come back and we're gonna dismiss with a blessing and we're gonna head on to the revival tent let's pray father we thank you for the ability to give receive these funds for your kingdom in jesus name amen Someone make some noise for the Lord. I want to call some of our, our pastors to the altar.
after we dismiss, if you need extra prayer or you're going through something and you need somebody to talk to, after we dismiss, some of our pastors and leaders will be at the altar available uh, to help you. Don't forget, we have a 4 p.m. service tonight in the city of Carson. If you know anybody who needs this message, uh, I would encourage you to text them, invite them, say, hey, go to Carson Campus Chapel of Change tonight at 4 p.m. So it's our tradition to dismiss with a blessing. How many need a blessing from the Lord? Let's lift up our hands unto the Lord and we'll dismiss with a blessing. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love, in the name of the Son who died that you could live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who empowers you with God's goodness, may you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hope to see you Thursday night. Go in peace.